Hello, hello. Welcome to Mercy Poured Forth. My name is Shel Wagner. I'm so glad you came to join me today, whether you're watching this live or in the future. I'm pre-recording this. It's actually December 25th, 2022, because I have a lot of uh, family responsibilities. My mother is visiting me next week, and uh, I believe all the grandchildren and everything too. So I'm going to have a full house and, and I won't be able to be online. But I did want to go ahead and record something. Well, I picked something. I was inspired by something. There were a few weeks ago, I had a day full of driving. I had lots of errands to get done. And so when I have days like that, I like to maximize my time. So what I did is I picked up this old uh, CD series that I had. It's called Mysteries of the of the End Time Harvest. And it's by a very young Bill Cloud. <laughs> he probably did this. I don't, I don't know. I'm guessing maybe 20 years or so ago. Obviously, he was preaching at a mainstream uh, church and it was really an interesting series that he did. You know, I always loved that about Bill, how he had the ability to, you know, cross over and be a bridge, if you will, and, and speak to a large audience uh, in a way that was um, kind to people that maybe weren't where he was at on his walk. And uh, I've always just really admired that. And so it says on the end of this, at the on the back of this tape, what it's about. It's called Mysteries of the End Time Harvest. It's not available anymore. <laughs> but it says, the Bible has declared that the day will come when God will shake everything in order to prove what can and what cannot stand, according to Hebrews 12. In this two-hour study, Bill shows how some of Yeshua's parables and biblical patterns reveal that we are living at the threshold of this great shaking. This series delves into why some in the body of Messiah are feeling disconnected. Also, Bill uh, will suggest how one result of this great shaking will be a harvest of souls. Many testimonies have come from those who have listened to this series. Well, I can, I can imagine so that there's been many testimonies, even listening to it, what, 20 years later. I got at least three good messages out of there and was inspired. So you'll see if you've ever listened to this, there are things within this particular message that I was very inspired by what Bill had to say here. So I just wanted you to know where, where my thought process was coming from as I reflected on what he had to say and then did some digging myself. Alrighty. So I'm going to add mind to the screen. So another thing I've really been reflect, reflecting on lately is the fact that Yahusha is the repairer of the breach. You know, what breach are we talking about? I'm in the middle of a study on uh, the kings and prophets, and you see where the split of the northern and the final split of the northern and southern kingdom happened. And, you know, all the disparity between those who are Jews and those who are not Jews, you know, what happened to the other 10 tribes? Did they just get thrown away or was a, did a breach happen because of their sin that Yahusha repaired? And that's what I see. And that was really what I was inspired by listening to this particular um, series. So anyway, let me go on with my presentation. Yahusha, the repairer of the breach. To me, one of the best understandings of, you know, these two 
olive trees, the wild and the cultivated, the the uh, Ezekiel 37 and the two sticks becoming one in the hand of Yah, um, the one new man, all of these things. To me, there's always been a great way to understand this out of the book of Hosea. So I just wanted to read a little bit out of Hosea chapter one, starting in verse one. It says, Yahweh gave this message to the son of Beri during the years when Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah were kings of Yehuda, and Jeroboam, son of Yoash, was king of Israel. When Yahweh first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, he said to him, Go marry a prostitute so that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. This will illustrate how Israel has acted like a prostitute by turning against Yahweh and worshiping other Elohim. So this is being addressed to the northern kingdom because Yah is saying they have acted like a prostitute by worshiping other Elohim. So Hosea married Gomer, the daughter of Diblaim, and she became pregnant and gave Hosea a son. And Yahweh said, name the child Jezreel, for I'm about to punish King Jehu's dynasty to avenge the murders he committed at Jezreel. In fact, I will bring an end to Israel's independence. I will break its military power in the Jezreel Valley. Soon Gomer became pregnant again and gave birth to a daughter. And Yahweh said to Hosea, name your daughter Lo-Ruhamah, not loved, for I will no longer show love to the people of Yasharel or forgive them. Wow. And this was because of all the idol worship going on since the time that Jeroboam broke away and set up those two calves within the cities of the northern tribes called, known as Israel. All right, going on with Hosea 1, 7 through 9. But I will show love to the people of Yehuda. I will free them from their enemies, not with weapons and armies or horses and charioteers, but by my power as Yahweh, their Elohim. After Gomer had weaned Lo-Ruhamah, she again became pregnant and gave birth to a second son. And Yahweh said, name him Lo-Ami, not my people, for Israel is not my people and I am not their Elohim. Yet the time will come when Israel's people will be like the sands of the seashore, too many to count. Now we know that it was said in Solomon's day that they were like that, but he, this is dealing specifically with the Northern kingdom of Israel. This is who he's addressing in this particular passage right here. And so, and this takes place after Solomon's kingdom. So this is in the future. Okay. Now, right now, Israel's still so scattered in the nations that and don't even know who they are anymore, right? And so this is still to come. So we are reading prophecy that is to come. All right, Hosea 1.10. 
Yet the time will come when Israel's people will be like the sands of the seashore, too many to count. Then at the place where they were told, you are not my people, it will be said, you are children of the living Elohim. This is saying, it's going to be said to them, ye are now B'nai Ha Elohim. Amazing. Hosea 1.11. Then the people of Yehuda and Israel will unite together, just like in Ezekiel 37, coming together in one hand, two sticks coming together in one hand. They will choose one leader for themselves and they will return from exile together because that's what's happened. Right now, all 12 tribes are scattered into the nations. What a day that will be. The day of Jezreel when Elohim will again plant his people in his land. And that day you will call your brothers Ami, which means my people. And you will call your sisters Ruhamah, the ones I love. Right? There's going to be no more division and contention between the two households. In Romans 11.1, 1, we find another clue for this. It says, I say then, has Elohim cast away his people? Never. For I also am a Yasharali of the seed of Avraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. Elohim has not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Know ye not what the scripture says of Eliyahu? How he makes intercession to Elohim against Yasharel, saying, Yahweh, they have killed your prophets and dug down your altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what says the answer of Elohim unto him? I've reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. So, even so, then at this present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. You know, Romans, it, it says sometimes that the writings of Paul can be hard to understand. And without a correct understanding of what is written in the Tanakh, right? You can totally misinterpret this to say that what he's saying is grace means now there are no rules. It's anarchy. Do whatever you want. <laughs> Worship anything you want. Call it whatever you want. I'll still just love you. You know, uh, eat whatever you want. Don't pay any attention to any rules I ever gave you for your own good and for your health and for your safety, but just, you know, do whatever you want. It doesn't say that. It doesn't mean that. It, it, that is the worst interpretation possible. Yah is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? He does not change from the moment that he set things in order until he wraps everything up. He is outside of time and he does not change his mind about things. What he did do is that the right time sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Because we could not get salvation by trying to keep the Torah because we're full of sin and none of us is able to keep it, right? It doesn't mean that we don't have to try to please him, that we don't have to try to do what's right in his sight. That's not what it means. 
What it means is that he knew we wouldn't be able, but that he was going to give us an example and he was going to give us a covering for our sin, a final sacrifice, the blood of Yahusha. And then we were to follow his teachings. He said, if you love me, follow me. Those who are my sheep, they follow me. They they, they can hear me. And, and we can, we can hear him. And one of the main things he said is, if you love me, obey my commandments, right? So he's telling us right there, he wants us to walk according to what his was laid down in the commandments. All right, let's keep going. All right, in 11.7, Romans 11.7. What then? Yasharel has not obtained that which he seeks for. But the election has obtained it and the rest were blinded. He's saying there's certain people that have he's known from the beginning of time would choose him. Right. And those who choose him can see it. And those who don't are blind to it. And that's just the way that it is. It doesn't mean we're, we're and we don't know who can, who's been given the ability to see and who hasn't. This is why we're constantly reaching out. Yah has that insight and knowledge. He knows those who are going to choose him, but we as humans don't. So we minister to everyone. As long as someone's still breathing, we're still sharing the good news of Yahushua HaMashiach and what he did for all who would believe, right? That's how we reach out to people. Okay. Romans 11, 8. According as it is written, Elohim has given them the ruach of slumber, eyes that they should not see and ears that they should not hear unto this day. And David says, let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. What is that? The table? That's your abundance, right? This is the scary thing, especially living where we live in United States of America or where I live. I don't know where you live, where you're watching from, but this nation has been abundantly blessed and, and it is unto our own destruction. People feel like they have no need for Elohim, no need to do it his way because everything's fine in their world, right? Well, it's coming apart at the seams, even as I as I record this, but most people are not awake to that fact yet. And, and it's about to totally come down. It will come down. I don't know a date. I don't know a time. I don't know an hour, right? But I do know that it'll fall. Okay. Romans eleven ten. let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their back always. I say, then have they stumbled that they should fall? Never, but rather through their fall, Yahusha is come unto the other nations for to provoke them to jealousy. Now, you know, what is this talking about is those who are going to follow a certain system of worship, you know, within the Jewish community, I believe that this is specifically addressing, right? Because he's they're they're stumbling along and there's a time period involved. I mean, they've been specifically blinded. I believe most of Israel blinds itself by its own bad choices, but, um, and by following the traditions of man and doing what they want to do, right? Yehuda has kept the Torah, but they've been blinded to Mashiach, right? Until the fullness of the other nations are brought in. And what is this for, except to provoke them to jealousy, 
so that they would look upon him whom they pierced and say, you know, wow, this is who we pierced, right? But but welcome him into their lives. So I believe that that's coming. I mean, I really believe there's a, a mighty harvest, but it comes in the midst of judgment. 11, Romans 11, 12. Now, if the fall of them be the riches of, now if the fall of them be the riches of the world and the diminishing of them, the riches of the other nations, how much more their fullness. 11, 13 through 19. I speak to you other nations inasmuch as I am the apostle of the other nations. I magnify my office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh and might save some of them. Right? He's saying if I can just get them to see what my actions are and if they will follow me, maybe some of them will, will become saved. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? Look, this to me looks like a lot like the picture of the prodigal son. And I've always heard it, you know, that, that Judah is the older son. Well, maybe it's the other way around. You know, maybe it's, <clears throat> maybe they come back in and, and those who feel like they've known Messiah for a long time are not that excited about it. Well, you should be excited. Any of us should be excited, no matter which way the story goes. If a, if a sinner is saved and, and, and comes to know the Messiah, we should be like the angels and be rejoicing, no matter which side of the house it's coming from. Let's just be glad another soul was saved. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off and you being a wild olive tree were grafted in among them and with them partake of the root and fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches. But if you boast, you bear not the root, but the root you. You will say then the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. This is this whole story about what's happening between the Northern and Southern kingdom, right? You know, the root is what draws in the water into the whole tree, right? That, that, that trunk is the fatness. It's wherever all the growth's taking place. Anything can happen pretty much to that tree. It can go through storms. When uh, the wind can tear up the leaves, it can break off branches. All kinds of things can happen, but the root stays intact that tree's going to be okay. And our root is intact for it is the kingdom, right? The kingdom of Yahweh, the kingdom of Yahusha. Okay. So that's intact. We, as the branches, some are natural and some are being grafted in. Okay. All right. Romans 11, 20 through 24. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off right? People that would not believe in Messiah. The branches were broken off that original cultivated olive tree. And you stand by faith, be not high-minded, but fear saying, don't be all haughty with yourself. And while we were, this is why I'm, I'm, I'm thinking the, the parable of the, um, the brother who was lost, the two brothers and the, the one who goes to eat with the pigs and comes home. Right. Um, 
don't be high minded at saying to the older brother, well, maybe, maybe if that's even, you know, no matter which one it is, you don't want to be prideful about the fact that you've been serving Yahushua for a long time because there's just no place for pride right? Be not high-minded, but fear. For if Elohim spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he spare not you. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of Elohim on them which fell, severity, but toward you, goodness, if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, you also shall be cut off. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in right? They can be, if they were cut off, they can be grafted back in again. This is what it's saying. Don't be high-minded about it. <laughs> for Elohim is able to graft them in again. For if you were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, he's saying you were pagan. You, you had totally paganistic, you know, ideals in you if you came out of the nations, right? And were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree. How much more shall these, which be natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? 11, 25 through 31. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Yasharel until the fullness of the other nations come in. And so all Yasharel should be, shall be saved as it is written, there shall come out of Zion, the deliverer and shall turn away wickedness from Yaakov. For this is my covenant unto them. When I shall take away their sins as concerning the Besarah, they are enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the father's sakes, for the gifts and callings of Elohim are without repentance. For as ye in times past have not believed Elohim, you have now obtained mercy through their unbelief. Even so have these also not believed that through your mercy, they may also obtain mercy. For Elohim has concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. So I'm reading now Romans eleven thirty-two through 36 for those listening on podcast. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of Elohim, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out for who has known the mind of Yahweh or who has been his counselor, right? Or who is first given to him and it shall be recompensed unto him again for of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Right? Everything, all souls belong to him. He loves each and every one. And we're praying that, you know, just as many as possible make it into the kingdom. So I wanted to take a look at this grafting in process. So Bill had explained this on his and on his uh, CD series, and I found it so interesting. So this is a picture of what happens. A side cut is made into the branch of the tree and in, in which you wish to begin a new branch. So this is what this picture is of. I've got a picture of a branch that's had a, a side uh, cut made into it. A shoot or what's called a scion is taken from the other tree. 
it's cut into the shape of a wedge so it can be inserted in. The side cut of the tree you wish it to become a part of. Okay, so, so a cut's made into the scion and a side cut is made into the natural tree right? And, and a cut is also made on the scion because it's had to be cut away from the tree that it was a part of. And it's shaped into a wedge, okay? So that wedge is then inserted into the original tree, into the side cut, then bound to the stock. In this way, it becomes a joint heir <laughs> of that tree, right? <laughs> Literally, it's a joint that becomes an heir of the tree. Amazing. Now let's look at what happened with Yahusha up on the cross. It says, I'm starting in John 19, verse 31, going through 34. It says, the Yahudim, therefore, because it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Shabbat, for that Shabbat was a high, high day besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and broke the legs of the first and of the other, which was crucified with him. But when they came to Yahusha and saw that he was dead already, they broke not his legs, but one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came there out blood and water. Now let's look at some things out of Isaiah 53. What happened when that side cut was made in Yahusha, right? We were able to be grafted in. Look at this, Isaiah 53, 5. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Let's look at Revelation 1, 7. Look, he comes with the clouds of heaven and everyone will see him, even those who pierced him and all the nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes, amen. Revelation 118, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end says, Yahweh Elohim. I am the one who is and who always was and who is still to come, the Almighty One. In Zechariah 12:10, it says, then I will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer on the family of David and on the people of Jerusalem. They will look on me whom they have pierced and mourn for him as for an only son. They will grieve bitterly for him as for a firstborn son who has died. In 1 John 5, 4, it says, For whoever is born of Elohim overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world, but he that believes that Yahusha is the son of Elohim? This is he that came by water and blood, even Yahusha HaMashiach, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Ruach that bears witness because the Ruach is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Ruach, HaKadosh, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Ruach, and the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of Elohim is greater. For this is the witness of Elohim, which he has testified of his Son. He that believes on the Son of Elohim has the witness in himself, and he 
that believes not Elohim has made him a liar because he believes not the record Elohim gave him of his son. And this is the record that Elohim has given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He that has the son has life. And he that has not the son of Elohim has not life. All right. I just thought that was amazing. I enjoyed uh, seeing that picture of the cut made into the wild olive tree and the cut that was made for us in the side of Yahusha. All right. I hope that's a blessing for you guys and that you're having a wonderful day. Shalom. Hey.